here today with a lens a day conversations about information architecture. And today I get to talk to the sagacious Ren Pope. Ren, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> thank you for that introduction. <laughs> um, Ren, you and I have, uh, are both kind of in the Washington DC area, see right. each other a lot at, at the IA conference, but also at uh, local uh, events. Uh, and uh, I just, I felt bad that, you know, we haven't gotten to connect, uh, even if we're just walking past each other and all giving a, each other a hello. So, um, and we never had a chance to really talk uh, IA. So, so let's do it. I'm, I'm asking people about process because I feel like this is a part of the IA world that a lot of people don't talk about in depth. And I'd be curious if you could share a little bit about how do you make the IA process um, uh, especially um, some of the work that you've done, say, in areas of taxonomy uh, or um, uh, or navigation design, things like that. How do you make it real for someone? How do you take it when you're interacting with folks who are um, maybe don't spend a lot of time in that abstract space? How do you make it concrete and make it real for someone? Oh, great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for, for asking that because I think that's really important. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, I, I think that you have to take a look at the overall process of and really home in, why are you making that taxonomy? Why are you making that navigation system and how is it going to be used? Um, and, and you know, we all think to like user-centered design and that end product and really have that end client, user, customer in mind. And I think that's very important. And that is like the most important thing. But as you said, it's a process. And it, 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 we're a part of that journey from the stakeholder that says we really need this or the one who's actually uh, responsible for the system and, and you're, you're designing it for them. And then uh, also realizing that as information architects, we may not be the ones that are actually building it. And we sometimes forget that we're not making the designs for the end user, we're making the designs for the people who are creating the system for the end user. So they are, they are customers in a sense as well too. So um, being a, able to take that abstract, sometimes um, very uh, language-based things and taxonomy and understanding and semantics and preparing that for, for folks who are more into the, the engineering, scientific, uh, and development realm that makes sense and keep that sense and focus on the user, I think is very important. Uh, I like that. And I, I think one of the things that you're speaking to is how our work is out of necessity, um, multidisciplinary, right? That, that we need to bring a lot of perspectives to the table, even relatively early uh, in the process that we can't do this in just a purely sort of a priori way. We've got to do it in a way that uh, involves multiple um, uh, perspectives. Do you find yourself kind of uh, in the middle, like a hub uh, among spokes as you kind of try and rein in lots of these different perspectives in the design work that you're doing? Oh, definitely. So. Right, it, it is so multidisciplinary uh, of a task. Business an analysis and understanding kind of like the business world to make sure that you're getting those requirements. 
artistic. Um, you know, uh, you, you want to have graceful and elegant designs. Um, there, there's the, the engineering piece. You may not be an engineer, but you have to understand it because you don't want to design something that's impossible to implement. Uh, so yes, it's, it's, and then obviously all of the anthropological, sociological, cognitive, um, things that you need for that, that end user to understand them and, and get into like, say their mental models and the way they, uh, they interact with systems. So yes, yes. I like to say master of all trades, jack of none. How do you, all right, so I'm going to get, I'm going to get deep then. How would you distinguish the work that uh, an IA does from, say, a UI designer? I mean, it's fairly obvious, like the UI designer designs the screen and what goes on the screen. I believe IA does involve does involved deliberate design work, right? We are making sort of deliberate choices. And yes, we are generalists, like insofar as we need to help all these perspectives come to the table and articulate their needs. But there's certainly something that an IA does, can do, or a perspective that an IA brings that isn't represented by those other disciplines. What would you say that, how would you ca characterize what that is? Right. So there was, there was a keynote speaker at a conference, and I, I wish I could remember who it was, but to say, where does, where does the IA live? And if you had the user looking at the screen and you could go behind the screen and then you had kind of like the business logic and everything that worked behind the screen and then the back end system that had all the databases the information arc the ui designer squarely sits from that business logic kind of space to the screen to the user and the information architect kind of overlaps that but is taking that that raw data from the system in the back end and organizing it in a way so that user inter, um, a user interface designer can can use that data and consume it in in ways that are meaningful information um, and they have, and a lot of people don't think of this this way I think but information architects just don't work for that end user being a human being you can organize information for other systems. Uh, for information sharing, so to speak. So, so I think that that um, user interface is one facet in when designing or working with user interface. And you could be a user interface designer as an information architect. I I love um, I love thinking of the um, comparisons between information architecture and quote unquote building architecture or structural architecture, right? Uh, just because you're an architect, you, you can do landscaping, you can do interior design, you can do commercial, you can do residential. It's the same thing as an information architect. You're not set in this rigid space where you're doing one specific thing. You can be doing hardcore IA, you could be doing peripheral IA. So, yeah, I mean, in I mean, one way I think about it, and it's and it's maybe not as um, nuanced as what you're saying is. I'll go from one moment where I'm literally designing a menu of what people will see on the screen to designing the structure that where the content is going to kind of sit and live so that we can describe that content in a structured way uh, so that 
it can sit in a database somewhere and so that systems can make use of it. And just, I think just by virtue of switching, as you've been saying, between kind of a user-centered uh, perspective and these other perspectives that need to make use of the data is, I think, one of those distinguishing factor, distinguishing um, characteristics of an information architect. Right. Yeah. I. I, I exactly. And, and and you know, um, it, it, it's one of those things where, again, going back to structural or building architecture, you know. Um, I'm pretty sure Frank Lloyd Wright had a lot of construction techniques that he knew about um, and could probably do some light construction work, but you probably wouldn't want Frank Lloyd Wright to be the person building the house, those, those wonderful designs that he did, right? But he understood, he had knowledge of how concrete works and how wood works and how he could put mold those into his forms uh, that, that he was doing. And I, I think it's the same way you know, with information architecture. A, a menu system may work here or there, um, uh, or you may want to have everything on on one screen as opposed to having it, you know, embedded into a, a menu. So having an understanding of that interaction and user interface design is key to being an information architect. Even though you may you don't want me to code in HTML, you don't want me to 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 come up with the world's greatest wireframes that are that are design focused. Have you, um, since we both live in the same area, I don't know. Have you been to Falling Water? Did you did you make a trip out? There I have not. I, I I have not made it to Falling Water. But okay. however, um, I, I've been very fortunate that um, my my high school we actually had an architecture class that we had to kind of like really study it. And oh, nice. And uh, this is out in California, and we actually went to several Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, nice. um, uh, um, structures, which was really good. And then the college I went to, um, New York Institute of Technology, has a very prevalent architecture program. Oh, cool. So most of my friends were architects. And I kind of, I, I, I was like Tarzan among, you know, in the wild among architects. Um, so we, we, we did a lot of talking and thinking and, and stuff. So I had kind of, and I'm, architecture has always fascinated me. Yeah, yeah. I've got a subscription to, you know, Architectural Digest. And oh, nice. um, so it's always been something that's fascinated me. And uh, so, so yeah, it, it's kind of like a little side, side. Uh, I, I got to say, I, um, a lot of the IAs that I know were sort of are either uh, adjacent to or were once architect, building architect, conventional architects, or, but I got to say, we, a few summers ago, we went out to that area of the country it's only a few hours away from from maryland and uh and we, and we did this tour of falling water and it was so moving and so, i mean it was it was so um special uh just to be in the midst of this quintessential american uh designed uh house um and uh my wife and i were moved to tears mm. and our kids were like what is wrong with you people but it it was it was definitely one of these uh seminal moments where you're like this this is a little bit of history that we get to kind of ex design history right, right that we get to kind of experience it, in this way exactly and you know i really like this so out of all of the architectures that are out there so you have business architecture, enterprise architecture, data architecture, 
the knowledge architecture, all of the architectures, I th disciplines that aren't structural architecture, but more of the business type architectures. I think information architecture is the one that that tries to make that connection to traditional architecture the most. And I'm I'm so happy and glad for that. Um, and and, and I, 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 I'd like to see information architecture mature into that space where, you know, is it, will somebody be moved to tears by going to a website? I don't think so. Um, I've had those kind of like architectural, you know, experiences as well too. Um, uh, had the fortune of living in Germany and the original Sleeping uh, Beauty castle, uh, I think it's called Dormschlasse, um, Sabeberg is, is its official name. Just the presence of that castle and, 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 and sitting in the courtyard and seeing the tower is just, it is just mind blowing. So I want elegance and I want design and I want information to be able to, and information can move people in a certain way, but you just don't think of it as architecture. And sometimes you don't think of falling water as architecture either, unless you go there and you understand it, but you can go to a space like, you know, the Vatican or, or um, you know, um, a cathedral and be moved by it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I try to always think of. This, this uh, I feel like is a good moment to bring in the lens uh, that you had uh, selected. Um, I mean, I almost feel like it's ironic that we were talking about falling water uh, and some of the um, structural issues uh, that falling water itself has been having. Um, can you tell us what lens uh, you picked and what about that resonated with you? Sure. Uh, I picked engineering feasibility and it really resonates with me because I, I, I brought this up before. Um, I think that one of the most important parts of information architecture is the handoff from architecture and design to engineering. And, uh, you know, in a crass way to say, you know, information architecture can't, shouldn't be writing checks that engineering can't cash. Um, so uh, I, that, that is one of my, one of the most important things and one of the things that I, I um, focus on in information architecture in, in my professional development and, and outreach to other information architects and engineers, so. Is there um, like a set of tools or a technique or just a, a um, an approach that you have learned or developed over time to kind of help bridge that gap between the work that you do on the IA, the taxonomy, uh, the navigation side, the structural side, and uh, the engineering or development side? What does that bridge look like in your oh. world? Well, I think the first thing is outreach. Um, you know, information architecture hasn't been around that long. Um, it's not in the academic set for engineers. So uh, it's it's more of an introduction to say, hey, this is me, I'm an information architect. Um, this is what I do. This is how I help out. Um, and here's how we can kind of go forward um, and just kind of see where and, and how I can incorporate myself into the process that the engineers and everybody else on the team uh, has. So, um, you know, sometimes it's better to say like, uh, I think of me as kind of like a designer, um, but I'm not, I'm not designing the front end per se. That'd be your UI designer because sometimes it get pigeonholed right away. Like, oh, you're a UI designer. You know, 
give me wireframes like eh, no I don't I kind of don't do that so um so it's just a, it's a, it's a dialogue and communication up front and 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 you know make it make it very clear you know what are some of the deliverables that I'll give you what are some of the things when you have questions or thoughts um and I and I found in the past that engineers have had have that burden of kind of figuring that out in the past so that they don't even think of coming to the information architect um so you know or they'll the, another one is hey we'll do it and then you come in and kind of qa the work and like no i'm not a tester i'm, I'm more of an architect up, up front so um so it's you know dialogue in that in that sense so um can you give us maybe tell us a story about uh when uh, a time when you've had to um when you've had a really successful collaboration with an engineer like what is that what does that look like when an ia and a developer or an ia and a tech lead work really well together oh, in your experience oh it is magical i'll just say that up front um so yeah i i worked at a software company and and uh we're working with a cto over the company and we had to um uh, and the software company was a content management system company. So they built a content management system and we had a customer and um, I worked directly with a CTO who was also like the lead engineer. And there was, there was, I guess one of the end results was uh, he said, Ren, you know, I think that you and I working in three days can put together this system, what it took like four or five months to do because you've got like the insight on how to how to use the information and and working working with the customer, I was kind of like a go between with the developers, and I could cut off some of the things that they were doing in the information, uh, you know, the information design, um, like where I said, you know, um, you know, come to me first. And there was, uh, I guess, an anecdotal story is there was a meeting where I was in with the CTO and some of our senior leader, stakeholder, vice president types, and, and the developers were in, a, in another room. And we could kind of hear what was going on in the other room. And they were making a design decision. And my ears perked up like, no. And I ran into the room. And, uh, and the CTO said, you know, I, I just heard what they said. I heard you say no, you went in there. And it kind of helped um, make some good decisions that probably cut maybe three or four months of work uh, off by, amazing. by, you know, going down a certain path. So that's amazing. What a, what I like that you've got sort of, um, design decision radar, like that you just like it was happening in another room and you were like, up. Oh, I gotta go. It's too quiet over there. I gotta go see what's going on. Right. Right. You call it radar. I call it scar tissue from past, past, uh, you, you know, like, uh, I, I've seen this happen before. No, let's, let's, you know, nip it in the bud as soon as possible. Um, I feel like, uh, I mean, you and I have been doing I for a long time and uh, just have had the benefit of all of these experiences, but also of uh, a more intimate community, right? Where we, we, we did get to see each other uh, fairly regularly at local events. We did get to hear lots of speakers. We did get to kind of engage with the community. And as it's gotten bigger, as UX has gotten bigger, I feel like maybe, I mean, there's still plenty of events, but things are maybe a little bit more fragmented. And I feel like there's a lot more pressure 
on newer designers to come to a job with a full tool set. And my experience has been that the IA portion of that tool set is often lacking, right? This is not an area that they learn uh, in boot camps. It's not an area that even on the job, they're not really given a lot of space to uh, really learn and understand IA. Uh, coaching uh, younger uh, or, or designers newer to the field is something that um, uh, I'm thinking a lot about, especially in the, in the realm of IA. If you were coaching or providing advice for a designer relatively new uh, to user experience, what advice might you give them in uh, doing IA in general or applying you know, the engineering feasibility lens in particular? What, what, might you, what advice might you give them? Right, so I, I, there, there's two pieces of advice that I get. Um, uh, because especially if you're, you're new to the space, but you're in that unicorn design, one designer on the project and everybody else around you is not you. And, and everybody's looking to you to be the expert, like you said, and have this, this well-developed toolkit ready to go. Um, so get out there and find other IAs. We are like the friendliest community in the planet, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm putting you on the spot, Dan, you know, call Dan, call me. Um, we're, we're great mentors. Um, and, and we're, we'll help you out. Um, it's not a competitive space. It's a very friendly space. So that, that that's one, two, um, uh, don't think of yourself as an Island work with those engineers. You know, I, I, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, eyes work for eyes to do IA work. You, you know, you're, you're, do IA on your IA and user-centered thought on what you're giving those engineers and, and tailor your, your, your designs for them and not necessarily what you've learned to design them for because they are your customers. Um, so do your due diligence and, and almost have like user research sessions for your engineers to find out what the heck they want and what the heck they need because th there is no worse activity you can do than to go th through and like, I've made all of these great diagrams and wireframes and, and, you know, menu system type things and the engineers can't or won't use it. Um, I call that wallware. It's great. It looks pretty. You put it up on the wall and that's the only use you get out of it. So, so find out what your, uh, your immediate customers need and, and work with them. So that's, those are my two major things of advice. That's fantastic. Ren, we will leave it there. That's really good advice. Ren, thank you so much for joining me on uh, this little journey. I really, uh, it was great to catch up. With hey, you. these things are awesome. I love it. Oh, Keep it going. <laughs>